Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And he swings, hits it high, and deep, and gone! Still going back! Out of here! Welcome to the big leagues! Deep to center field, and it is gone! Wow, his first big league swing is going to be a grand slam home run. Swing and drive! Part two of this New York Yankees farm system breakdown. We got the top five prospects for your Monday today. I'm Arm Layton. He's Jack McMullen, and this is the call up. Jack, we saved the weekend. We've got the top five, and I think this is a top five in this Yankees system here that I'd put up with a lot of top fives. I really would. Uh, and, and I know there's some other systems we'll say that about, but this top five prospect list. Uh, over at JustBaseball.com, links in the description. Uh, I'd put these five prospects up there with just about any in baseball for any team's top five. I think so. Um, I think Baltimore would have something to say about that. And sure. I think – I don't even know who else. Like maybe the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, but aside Cleveland, from that – Cleveland's top five is always like, going to be up there, but it's not the same star power. I don't think. I don't think Cleveland has the top-end talent that the Yankees do in their farm system. I think that they have the depth. Like I, I think if you look at one through 30, they blow every other organization out of the water. But in terms of one through five, the Yankees are, are up there, I think, with Baltimore and anybody else uh, in Major League Baseball. It's just kind of clipping for second. The, the top-end talent, like we've got – Four, I think, with perennial all-star potential. And number five is an everyday player with like the chance at being an all-star caliber player. Yep. Yep. And of course, there's there's a wide range of outcomes on these guys that we'll talk about here. But all of them have legitimate star upside, which is what you want out of a prospect, right? Is how much upside can I dream on? And I think with each of these guys, there is plenty to dream on. So real quick programming note we'll have an interview or two this week but also 
I want to do something on spring training. Um, there's been a lot of fun prospect stuff. So I think either tomorrow's episode or the day after we'll, we'll feature a little bit of just some background on what's going on in spring training, uh, what to look for with some prospects, you know, what, what to kind of expect. And also I think just what we've already seen from some really intriguing prospects. Also there's some smoke. There's some, some rumblings out of the Marlins camp that, you know, Yuri Perez might be making this team uh, right out of camp. He might be on the opening day roster. So a little bit more on that. And the next episode coming up this week is, is something that you know, could be an interesting storyline to follow over with the Miami Marlins and some other prospects who could surprise and make team their team out of camp. But we'll start with number five here with the New York Yankees system. And, and number five is a guy that I honestly have just grown more and more excited about. And the only reason why he's not higher is I got even more excited about the guy who checks in at number four. But number five here is Everson Pereira, center fielder in, of course, double A at the end of the year last year. But I, this guy rakes. Um, the power is ridiculous. The speed is solid. The defense is impressive up the middle. Like he could stick in center field. The question is the hit tool. And honestly, the only reason why the hit tool is, is currently a 35 and not higher is I think he's had a lot of at bats taken away from him with injuries. Uh, we've seen him go on flurries where he is locked in and looks like at least a league average hitter. Uh, but for him, it's, it, if he's a league average hit tool guy, he's going to be a, a all-star caliber player. That's really all he needs. And that's why I really like him as a prospect is we're talking plus raw power, maybe more than that. He taps into it in game pretty consistently. Uh, and, and again, sticking up the middle in center field. I really like the way this guy plays the game. And I think the hit tool is going to come along as he continues to mature. So K rate was high twenties and high a 73 games. Then he goes to double a for a, for a 30 game sample. And he's at a 30% K rate. That's probably also why you're docking the, the hit tool there. Um, question here, because this is the one guy that like, doesn't have perennial all-star ceiling potential IMO. Um, do you think he's a top 100 guy in my yes. opinion? You yes. think he is? So yeah. the only like other major publication that has him as a top 100 guy is Baseball America. He's he's 78th going into 2023. Um, so obviously, I think you and B.A. and I I know you love the work that B.A. does. Yes. Are, are dreaming on what exactly? I think you, you're dreaming on a center fielder with monster power and good speed. And to me, that's that's a really exciting prospect, right? 90th percentile exit velocity of 100 in almost 107 miles per hour. Like that's right there with Jason Dominguez. And this guy's 21 years old. So I think he's got enough power. I don't know if the hit tool is going to be enough to be like that all-star every single year, but I think he's got enough power as a center fielder to be a multi all-star. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's a, a easily a top 100 prospect. I'm talking about a guy that's pushed 110 mile per hour exit velocities. Uh, and again, I think he's going to stick in center. His, his, his jumps are pretty good. His routes have continued to get better and he moves well. So we're talking about a, a center fielder who doesn't turn 22 until the start of the season. Um, and, and look at, can you, you got the stats in front of you. Yeah. What did he do? Was it 2021? In like 20 high A games, hit like 12 home runs, like something ridiculous like that. He like he will go on these flurries. Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, he hit 14 bombs with 32 driven in in 27 games in high like A. Two. So this is the thing with Pereira is he has the, the moving parts. And for those watching on YouTube, they can kind of see the swing. It's it's a pretty like 
rhythmic leg kick that sometimes is more toned down, sometimes is a little louder. And he just struggles to, to repeat the timing sometimes. And that's where you know he, he had some issues with change-ups specifically. Like change-ups were really rough for him. I think he was six for 46 against change-ups last year. But he punished fastballs, punished hangers. And, and the thing is, is if he can get the timing ironed out a little bit more consistently and, and get those moves you know timed up a little bit more, this is a guy that's going to tap into plus power. It's almost plus plus with how much he already has in the tank and how much I think he, he will soon be able to have if he grows into a little bit more strength. How many guys do we see in baseball with 30 home run upside that can stick in center field? I, even, if, if he, even if he's not hitting that great, I mean, that's pretty insane. Yeah, and I mean, all the guys with 30 homer upside as center fielders are are some of the best players in the game when they're on the field, right? I'm thinking yep. of Mike Trout. I'm thinking of Byron Buxton. I'm thinking of Luis Robert. Those yep. types of guys, those are 30 homer potential guys. Obviously, the athleticism for Pereira is not at the level of Trout, Buxton, or Robert, but the power could be, which, which is really impressive. You point to the moving parts. You see that lead leg. You see that front leg and, and how he plants. Um, I'm looking at his hands and the and the bat head here too. It feels, in terms of extraneous movement, almost like Javi Baez, right? Where if he's timed up correctly, that ball's going to the stratosphere. Yeah. But I could see how he gets thrown off by off speed. Yep. And that's basically the only thing. But again, like he's 21, going to be 22, and missed a lot of the 2021 season with injury. Um, you know, I think had a big learning curve last year. Still produced. The concern for me is a zone contact. It's around 75%, which, you know, I, I think if you hit the ball that hard, you're okay, but that's going to be on the low end of the spectrum. Um, that's something that I think he needs to, to shore up, but that's going to come with the timing, I think. And, and I just think this is a guy with his bat speed, with how twitchy he is, the way he can get his hands to almost any pitch. He can go, you know, get the plate coverage, let the ball travel and hit it out of the catcher's glove the other way. But like in the, the gif I have on the, the article, as I accidentally open it up, but <laughs> the gif I have in the article, like this is a pitch that is a fastball running in on the inside black and he gets his hands inside and turns it around for a 109 mile an hour home run. Already hit max exit velocity of 113, which is crazy for a six foot 170 guy who has still more room to add muscle. I think as he fills out, he could be producing 115s, 116s, which is that's plus plus raw power. Yeah. Um, so to see that kind of power from a guy of his frame uh, that can also steal 15 bags and again stick in center field, that's extremely exciting. And this is a guy that I think is is as good as of an uh, upside wise of a number five prospect you're going to find in a system. Uh, it, it, like really, it, that's out there. Which I'm I'm a big fan of his. I do wonder about the hit tool, but I I think it's going to come along at least enough. Even if he's a 40 hit tool guy. He's going to hit enough home runs and be valuable enough, I think, to be an every above average regular. I think you plop him in half of the farm systems in Major League Baseball, and he is a top three prospect. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I'm not sure if he's the top prospect in any organization. I mean, in some of the worst, right? Like when Ohapi graduates, Pereira would be the top he's prospect in, in the Angels system. Yeah. Uh, he would probably be the top prospect in the Tigers system right now, if not for one of these, you know, recent draft guys. But like, yeah, man. I mean, Pereira, if if he's your fifth best prospect, and if he is extraneous and like maybe a trade chip for more pitching at the deadline, you got to feel really good about your system as a whole. Well, interestingly reports were that, that Pereira was originally supposed to be included in that Joey Gallo package. And instead it was Ezekiel Varan and, and some other pieces. I, I'm 
I would rather have Pereira than Duran. And I, and I like Duran. You I like Duran a lot. I like Duran a lot. His floor is higher. I'd rather roll the dice on Pereira. <laughs> like I think he's that much of a freak. And I think he has the swing down in terms of, you know, the path and, and his body control and all that good stuff. It's more the pre-swing dance that most guys don't really iron out until they get several hundred at-bats under their belt. So we'll get there. Got to cut the ground ball rate down a little bit too, but that comes with approach, which is another thing that is, you know, in the works. But big fan of Pereira. He'll be a top 100 prospect on the back end. Um, and, and I think I think he's going to prove us right there uh, with how he's going to do this year with this little second taste of double A this coming season. Got you. Next up is a guy that I guess it's a spoiler alert. If <laughs> if Efferson Pereira is a top 100 prospect, then Spencer Jones is a top 100 prospect. Yankees 22nd overall pick in the 2022 draft. I, I've fallen in love with this guy more and more and more. Every single look I'm able to get. The power is stupid. As you can see by the 70 present, 80 future raw mm-hmm. power. Uh, the, the swing is way more advanced than I was expecting from a six foot seven outfielder who, by the way, is playing center field, who, by the way, is an above average runner and by the way, can stick there. I cannot believe that this guy fell to 22. I can't believe that he kind of slipped through the cracks in some of our draft prep as a guy that, you know, I probably would have. I would have been able to understand, I think, why the Yankees made this pick if I if I dove a little bit deeper into what this guy produced. But at the same time, I think that what he did in a limited sample in low A almost immediately really helped calm some of the nerves around a guy that at the end of the day had only really produced one season in college baseball. Um, there's a lot of backstory here as to why he only produced for one season. He was a two-way prospect coming out of high school and into Vanderbilt. He was a lefty pitcher that ran it up to 94 on the mound. And he underwent Tommy John surgery, I believe, then had another elbow issue. So a lot of that kind of affected him on the field as a position player as well. So never really got to see everyday reps in the field until he shut down the pitching thing and focused on, on just playing center field and just playing the outfield, maybe a little first. That was, you know, in his junior season. But in that junior season, did everything you could possibly want to see from a hitter and then followed that up with after getting selected 22nd overall, you know, just off to a great start professionally as well. Yeah. So he passes the eye test with flying colors and uh, the way that you were describing him to me via text late at night over the last week or so (laughs) is this guy's built like judge has the versatility of judge and has a swing that's reminiscent of Otani. Yeah. So all right, <laughs> Judge Tony probably a pretty good player. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I, I hope that like those are the those are the names I was using in terms of of what he does. And obviously, he's got a long way to go. It, like, listen, regardless of how far off that guy is, and even if he struck out forty percent of the time, if you've got the build of Aaron Judge and you've got a swing that is reminiscent of Shohei Otani, like you got to feel really freaking good about this guy. I ran it by pro guys too. I said, like, who does this swing remind you of? And every single guy said Otani, like from an Jesus. open look too. Otani, 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 Otani. And and it's because y- you have to. When you're that big, talk about optimizing your moves. Like like Everson Pereira can get away with a little bit more of, of the movement to his swing and pre-swing yeah. moves. If you're six seven, man, like look at Aaron Judge, look at Otani. They almost want to be in their launch position. 
before they swing. For Judge, all it is is just bringing those hands back to, to get that feel. For Otani, he starts with his hands all the way back so that all he has to really do is get into the hip and let it fly. Having the hands back kind of helps them stay back, but also it's one less thing to worry about. They can start pretty much slotted, and because they're such physical freaks, they don't need the whole load and build of momentum that some other hitters need because they're huge, they're strong, their launch position to swing is all they need to produce massive power, and that's what Spencer Jones does. He starts with those hands back deep in his stance, he's pre-stacked in his backside, and he just lets it eat. And it's really remarkable just how quick and how explosive he is from that stance and from that point. And that comes from a lot of rotational power, a lot of torque. And I think that part of that comes from him being a pitching prospect too. And Otani, obviously a pitcher, uh, a guy that really is able to use that core strength, use that torque, and really just uncork on baseballs. And I mean, what Jones is already producing, in terms of that swing too, it, it is so advanced for how big he is. Uh, well, he's already producing exit velocity wise with metal bat. You know, he was producing, I believe it was one thirteens, one fourteens, but even in the short sample size with wood, he had 110 mile an hour home run. Like He's already producing massive exit velocities. And I ask you like, what does James Wood have that maybe Spencer Jones doesn't at this point, other than being a little bit younger, um, maybe slightly more athletic, but you know, what, what, in terms of who these guys are as prospects, when I was making my case to you as Spencer Jones is a top 100 guy, um, James Wood's a top 15 guy. So right. you know, how far apart are Spencer Jones and James Wood from what you've seen? I mean, James Wood has spent now an entire full season in the minor league ranks. So I guess as weird as it sounds for a guy that's three years younger than Spencer Jones, like experience <laughs> it feels like wood is is a bit more experienced at the professional level um because he's gotten that taste of low a and high a across a full season versus spencer jones we've only seen this 21 year old 22 year old guy um he's gonna turn 22 it looks like in mid-may um we've only seen this 21 year old guy in low a for 22 games. Yeah. So, so I'd say Woods proved it actually at the professional level a bit more than Spencer Jones. And if Jones proved it over three years of college, we'd be talking about Jones very similarly to that of Wood, but Jones only did it for one year in college. So interesting on Wood, when he got traded, he actually stuck in low A. Um, so he went from Lake Elsinore to Fredericksburg. He um, didn't reach high. I thought he reached high A for a couple of No. Years. And what's funny is, uh, trust me, because when I listen to when I'm clicking through all the video clips, it, I know when James Wood's playing in Fredericksburg based on the broadcaster. So Joey's in a bony. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, rocket, cock it, rocket, restock it, baby. Yep. The uh, future of broadcasting. Nothing personal, but I do turn the volume off when I go through those <laughs> clips. But uh, I, I, I hope he has all the fun in the world out there. But yeah, I, <laughs> that's a detour for another time. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, James Wood did it for 71 games in low A, which, which obviously is why he's a top 15 prospect, right? Yeah. Like, and, and, and I'm not trying to say Spencer Jones is James Wood, but I'm saying like, if James Wood's a top 15 prospect at 20 years old, um, after what he did in low A in his profile, why is Spencer Jones not a top 100 prospect at almost 22 years old with what he did in the SEC and what he did in low A? And, and I think that is, I think, sound enough of, of an argument to, to put him in there based off of what we've seen as well, too. There's one specific home run from the season last year 
that like forever sticks out to me with Spencer Jones. I think I sent it to you, man. Um, it was him taking a middle in fa- I think further than middle in. It was inside black from Chase Dolander at 96 miles an hour and inside outs it as a home run to the to the left center gap. And I'm like, dude, this guy can manipulate the barrel like that. Like that's the thing that stands out with with Jones and Wood is to have that kind of stature and manipulate the barrel the way they do is absolutely remarkable. So um, I, I'm I'm all in on this guy. I think he can stick in center too. He's got a hose for an arm also. Um, it's good. We have to see how he's going to hit more advanced breaking stuff. That's going to be the question. But so far, he can catch up to velocity. The swing looks super advanced. The swing decisions look pretty good. I'm ready for Spencer Jones potentially being the breakout prospect of 2023. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And he might be everyone's favorite prospect to throw up the uh, top 100 list as we get it going in the 2023 season. Real quick, I've got your 2022 end of season top 100 pulled up and I've got James Wood's grades here. Let's go grade by grade, Wood and Jones. So Spencer Jones, what do you have his hit tool at? 35 present, 50 future. Uh, you've got 40, 55 on wood. So yeah. give the advantage to wood. Raw power, you've got 70, 80. Um, yeah. You've got wood at 60, 70. Yeah, I got to update wood. <laughs> you think he's 70, 80? Yeah. Um, game power? 45, 45 70, 70 for, for uh, Jones. Yeah, 45-65 wood. Yeah, I'll probably be updated to 70. He tapped into some more juice as as we saw more of him. And then uh, runs the same and, and field is probably the same, right? 60-55 for Wood in the run grade compared to 55-55 for Jones. Uh, Jones is a 40-50 um, in the field category, and so is Wood, 40-50. Yeah. So they're close. Like Again, I think it's just Wood being a little bit better with the stick in terms of like hit tool projection. And – slightly more athletic, but that's really the difference. It's just a little bit more track record. I think these guys have a chance to be close to each other um, after this season, which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Next up, a guy that should be the starting shortstop on opening day for the New York Yankees. I, I think it's, it's just really that cut and dry. Oswald Peraza, number three shortstop. Uh, I, I really cannot emphasize enough how good and how well-rounded of a prospect and player this guy is. He's really just continued to hit at every stop. Uh, the defense is remarkably good. I think he's an easy plus defender. He can motor. The power is above average. The hit tools average or better. I think it's above average. And the swing is just really good. Like this guy is just a really well-rounded player that I think is ready for everyday reps at shortstop. And if it was almost any other team than the New York Yankees, I think they're giving him a shot unless you have, you know, like a proven, proven shortstop. But I, I would rather him at second than Glaber Torres even. I know Torres had a pretty good year. Like that's how high I am on this guy. I think he can, can put him even, if, even if he's not hitting that well, and I think he will, he's going to give you value with, with, with just the ability to run into baseballs from time to time, great defense and plus speed. He's just a really good player. It's just that simple. You love speed and defense. When you can hit a little too? Absolutely. Yeah, like how can you not, right? Like that's why you're Team Lawler over Team Meyer right now because speed and defense like never slumps. You know, Marcelo Meyer with how good and how pure of a hitter he is, um, we know that the purest of pure hitters have a a two for 20 stretch sometimes, but you never slump in speed and defense unless you're really injured. Um, So I think that's why you side with Lawler and that's probably why you love Peraza so much too because 
even if he does go two for 20 to open the season, and I don't think he will, he hit 318 games with the Yankees at the end of last year. But even if he does, um, he's going to play a good defensive shortstop. And when he does get on base, he's a threat to move. A hundred percent. And I will say um, a Marcelo Meyer defense dive. I did uh, the other week for like hours Meyer, Meyer, Meyer might be on his way up. That's all I'll say as we tease, you know, some of the top 100 uh, stuff. We'll miss. Don't, don't be surprised. I thought Meyer. that guy sucked. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, you, you were out on him, right? Uh, the, the, the defense is right there with Lawler now. So Damn. It's just all the right. speed is, is the different, differentiator. We'll talk about that. That's a really fun conversation to revisit soon. But Oswald Peraza, some really key points here. 83% zone contact between the minors and the bigs last year. 104 mile per hour, 90th percentile exit velocity. So we're talking above average hit tool, above average power, uh, 42% ground ball rate. He's lifting, lifting the ball in the air a good amount. And most importantly, he, he's playing the, the fantastic defense that we've seen. The approach could get a little bit better. Uh, but I think this guy could be a three-win player from the jump. Like I, I really do, with the defense, the speed, and and the hit tool being better than you know I think a lot of other prospects at his age range. He's 22. He's 22. So like that's another thing too. He's still got plenty of time to continue to get better. But this is just a, such a sound profile for me, Jack. Where like even if he doesn't totally tap into everything he's capable of, he's still a, a three-win, two and a half, three-win player. I think. I think the upside is five-win player five-and-a-half-win player if he taps into the offensive upside. But, I mean, are, are you losing sleep over this guy being your starting middle infielder opening day? I don't no, think any shot. When, especially when option B, plan B, is Isaiah Conner-Falefa. I feel really good about Oswald Peraza being the guy at short. 99 games at the AAA level last year. 19 homers, 33 for 38 in the stolen base department. He did punch out a little bit. And he had a 778 OPS. Yeah. I can live with a 780 OPS from a good defensive shortstop. And then the thing with him, too, is like, I think he'll almost replicate that in the big leagues. Like, this was a, again, he was 21 22 in AAA last year. Um, and, and still, that was a 106 WRC plus. And then he went up to the big leagues and in an 18 games was fantastic and struck yeah. out less. So if he's somewhere between that, if he's a 110 WRC plus guy, he's more valuable than Gleyber Torres. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's just that simple. So with the speed and the defense. So, and I think he can be that. So I, I really, really hope the Yankees give him a shot this year because he really is worthy. And I think he's proven everything he's needed to prove. He was a half win player in 18 games last yeah. year. That's pretty impressive. So I, I hope he gets some more consistent reps, especially because I think he's first up and then you're going to have Volpe knocking on the door too. And you're going to have more to figure out there. So you might as well find out what you got now. Yep. Next up is the Martian. Number two is Jason Dominguez, a guy we've talked about ad nauseum, so we probably don't have to go too, too deep into this, but he hit a moon tank already in spring training, which is pretty cool. Uh, from the right side, his, his less uh, productive side in the past that he has really made major strides on to get it better. Uh, we've talked about the evolution of Jason Dominguez, which is hilarious to say evolution because he's 20 and it was just we were expecting him to be the Martian from day one, and he wasn't, and then he – made a lot of really good swing adjustments. I have a thread on that on Twitter uh, that you can look up. If you just search my at Leighton 8 and then Dominguez, I promise you that thread will come up because Yankees fans really uh, really circulated that one. It did dumb uh, numbies? It did some crazy numbies. Um, <laughs> but 
but really breaking down like the swing adjustments that he has made and, and breaking down the way that he has really matured in every aspect of his game. Uh, he has quieted the moves. He has gone to a more simplistic, almost no stride with two strikes, which has helped him much more in the two strike department. His, his quieting down of the big leg kick and barrel tip on the right side has allowed him to hit off speed better. He's using the whole field better. He's defending better. Um, again, he's not chasing as much. He's gone from a guy that I think was a fringy hit tool projection to an above average hit tool projection. When you take uh, the point in which I saw the swing adjustments to the end of the season, his zone contact was above 80%, closer to 85% from both sides of the plate. Um, we saw the defense overall just better in center field. This is, this is a really, really good prospect. And um, this is a guy that seems to get better every time we check in. And I'm really excited to see how Dominguez follows up an extremely strong finish to last year uh, and a great start to spring training up. I'm excited to see how he starts off this year because with a good start in double A, we're looking at a timeline where he could somehow debut at the end of this year, which is pretty remarkable. Now, I will push back on strong finish to last year because he went to the Arizona Fall League and had a 470 Fair. OPS. Like he Fair, stumped was, it up. Yeah, I guess I guess if you want to count the fall, because he did finish insanely strong to high A and then got brought up to double A and, and put up some decent numbers for them in the in the postseason. I think he was iffy in the five regular season games there. Um, yeah, he did kind of stink in the fall league. I do wonder if he ran out of gas, what the deal was there. Obviously, he's never played more than 100 games. He had hardly played more than 50 games in any season before. And then he in this played, year, that was 140 if you had the fall league. If you had the fall league in the double A postseason, easily 140, 150. So, you know, he probably ran out of gas. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is somebody that I think is really, it's been such a wild up and down for him, right? I mean, for him to even have a down is funny because of how high we started him on the up. But I mean, this swing is just so much better than anything we've we've seen. By the way, this was 113, this double that he just oh, nice. works on. He's just staying back on the changeup so much better. He's always been quick enough to turn around on the fastballs, but his moves were disrupting his timing. It, it, it's really just for me, it's as simple as him being ready here, like him being ready at release of the pitcher. It was never like that before. He was rushed before. So for him to hit 300, he hit 306 in 40 high A games. From what we saw in low A in 2021, for him to be a 306 hitter in high A is just a testament to the improvements he's made approach-wise and the improvements he's made with the swing from both sides of the plate. 100%. We also have to remember he just turned 20 on February 7th. Like <laughs> We've been talking about him for so long, and he's run through the prospect fatigue left and right, right? Jackson Chorio is about to turn 19. So he is pretty much one year older than Jackson Chorio, who is the breakout of all breakouts. Jason Dominguez, when you look at, say, like MLB pipeline, right? Before the 2020 season, he was the top. He was a top 60 prospect in baseball. He goes from 54 to 32 before the 2021 season, then 61 before the 2022 season. Now 47 before the 2023 season. So he's bouncing around left and right. This guy has been a prospect for four years already. Yeah. And he's 20. Yeah. No, I mean, this is this. That's the thing that's not fair to him. And the defense is really improved in center. I think he can stick out there. So look out for Dominguez. I, I, I think this is somebody that is going to kind of solidify himself potentially as 
that top top 20 prospect type guy too. I mean, th- this system has several guys that could take a massive leap next year. Also the stolen base department, he got better as the year went on, which is something that is, you know, worth noting as well. After going 19 for 25 in low A, go 17 for 18 in high A. And it doesn't get easier as you climb. Strikeout you rate think, drops consistently too. Do you think in his age 20 season he's he's a rail rider in Scranton or should he get a lease in a Somerset, New Jersey? I think he I think he finishes the year in triple A. Wow. Yeah. I do. Wow. I think all the improvements he made approach wise, he cut his chase rate by 10%. Uh he improved his zone contact by eight percent. Um, you know, and the defense improves everything. Like he is showing that he's polished and ready to go. I think if he gets off to a pretty decent start in double A, I think we see him in triple A by the end of the year. So when he hits 10 more homers this month for the Yankees, you think he's the opening day center fielder and they trade there? <laughs> I think they're going to take their sweet damn time with him there. <laughs> um, we know the Yankees are are weird about that because the guy at number one is a guy that I, I think could easily break camp and and he probably won't. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll get to him in a second, but to wrap up on Dominguez, I, this, is, this is a player that legitimately has circled back to that five-tool type guy. Um, and the fact that I can put a 55 future hit tool on him is is a testament to the work because I would have laughed at, at that potential after seeing him in, in low A the first time. I thought it, I thought the hit tool was going to be fringy at best, but some really impressive improvements. Willingness to work is uh, is is a great sign too from such a young guy making these kind of adjustments. Yeah. Number one, no suspense here. It's Anthony Volpe who has been the number one prospect in the system really since he broke out in 2021. Talk about a guy that gets the most out of his tools. While nothing quite jumps off the page, everything is pretty good. One of the rare guys that's going to have more game power than raw power. You know, usually you see the raw power grade ahead of the game power grade, but he's actually a 50-55 raw power and a 55-60 game power because he lifts the ball with the best of them. Uh, his swing is just geared for fly balls and driving fly balls. And what's funny is, is we kind of feel like Volpe had this down year last year, kind of like Bobby Witt at the big league level. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's kind of the, the vibe that we get with Anthony Volpe in the upper minors last year. 250, 342, 460 slash line, 11% walk rate, 20% K rate. I mean, this guy hit 21 home runs and was 50 for 57 on stolen bases, 35 doubles, five triples while playing good defense. And somehow we're like, Eh, Volpe could have had a better year last year. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it shows you how high this guy has set the bar for himself. Do you think he's a 30-30 threat? Like Witt? I mean, because you're right. Like, we hold them to the expectation that we hold Bobby Witt to. No, I'm just saying, like, this is a guy that had super high expectations, had a good year, and we yeah. still kind of felt a little disappointed. Yeah. So do you think he's a 20 homer, 40 bad guy at the major league level? I think, yes. I think he easily could. I think he's easily 20, 30, maybe 20, 40. He stole 50 last year. I think he could, based on his instincts and above average speed, I think he could steal 35. I think, I think he's more of a 30 bad guy, honestly. Yeah. So let's, before we like heap him with praise, I, I want to walk you through the slash line and you tell me like what happened from 2021 to 2022. So he he hit 294 in 2021. He hit under 250 in 22. What happened there, do you think? Was it just higher level? Because he spent pretty much the entire year in double, got a 22-game spurt in triple. In 2021, he was low and high yet. 
Yeah, I think it was just competition level. I mean, <laughs> this is a guy that is a big jump. Like, we, he went nuclear in low A and high A in his first full pro season and then just starts the year in double. Uh, and I thought he was good, right? Like, I, I, again, I think that's the expectations thing, right? Like, he set the bar so high for himself by being the, one of the best, if not the best offensive force last year in the lower levels to where as a 20-year-old in double A – we're like, oh, what happened when he puts up a 122 WRC plus and hits 18 home runs and strikes out 18% of the time? I'd say that just, you know, not as many mistakes, uh, maybe expanding the zone at times on pitches that you can't do as much damage with. Like that, that's all things that are going to come with the territory. But this guy jumped straight to double A and, and still produced. Like, I think that's extremely impressive for somebody that, you know, really barely had any professional experience prior to that monster season we saw last year or yeah. 2021. The the misses are closer in double and triple than they are in low and high A, which probably explains the, the 90 point drop from 420 OBP uh, to like 340 ish OBP, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that's really just all it was. And the chase rate was marginally higher and the secondary stuff was just better. I, I, I think that's just all it was, but at the end of the day, like, he was still pretty good against every pitch. Against fastballs, he had a 930 OPS. You know, against against sliders, he had a near 800 OPS. Against changeups, mid 700s OPS. Curveballs did him dirty. Uh, was it, but that's almost everybody, and you don't see nearly as many curveballs. Um, so, like this was still a guy that was productive against almost every single offering. So, still a guy that had a well above 80 percent zone contact. <laughs> and I think it was a little bit of of bad batted ball luck too, because. I think when you get to double A, it was clear, hey, this guy's going to try to pull or to lift everything, pitch to him accordingly. And I, and I think some of those balls that maybe got out in high A didn't get out as much in double A. Do you know how, where, where Somerset kind of ranks in terms of hitters parks for, for minor leagues? Do you, do you have, have any idea? No of that idea. I don't know anything I, about that's, Somerset. That's, that's a curiosity thing for me, too. I do wonder. Um, but, you know, I think this is something that's going to come around. You look at the BABIP last year, it was 277. The year before that, it was 325. So I, I do think that maybe there was a little batted ball luck there. What is interesting is the 90th percentile exit velocity dropped about about one and a half miles per hour. So, you know, maybe he was just getting exploited to weaker contact. You know, and I think that's, again, him swinging at more pitchers pitches. I think the swing decisions will get better. I think he'll, he'll adjust again and, and be more close to that 2021 version of himself. But uh, this is a guy that when is he going to play? Because I, I do think that he needs a little bit more seasoning in triple a you know, the 22 games in triple. I think that kind of affected his stat line a little bit too. Overall, he, he struck out 30% of the time there in a hundred plate appearances, very small sample size. But again, this was a guy that I think was just getting overmatched a bit by more advanced and experienced pitchers who exploited the, the, the lift heavy approach. I think he just needs a little bit more well-roundedness to his approach and 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 adjusting to how really experienced pitchers are going to pitch to him. That said, I think he's going to do that based on his makeup and based on everything we've seen from him. Yeah, I could see that as well. Um, I also am envisioning like a trade deadline where Volpe comes up and Glaber Torres is on the block and, yep. and they move Torres for a starting pitcher. 100%. So... I, I- like close your eyes and imagine Glaber Torres goes to Arizona for Merrill Kelly 
and Anthony Volpe gets called up. He's the shortstop. Peraza is the second. <laughs> like that. That's just totally palatable, right? <laughs> Something like that. I wouldn't even trade Merrill Kelly for Glaber Torres. But wow. Uh, all right. <laughs> but uh, someone's training for Glaber because uh, he's a productive second baseman. At least he was in the first half. So, I, and I think Volpe's a better defender. I think he's a more well-rounded player too. Like I really do. So, I I really hope he gets a shot. He's he can stick at shortstop. I think. He, with Peraza there, I think Peraza is the better defender. I think Volpe is an average, slightly above average defender. I would love to see Volpe at second, Peraza at short with Connor Falefa filling in when you need. That's a really fun middle infield and and I think could could do some damage offensively while giving you know, some really good defense too. Um, I'm interested to see how the lift approach works, but he's going into the right stadium for that, right? He's foul pole to foul pole with the lift. He He's going to hit him out to right field pretty easily. He hit a lot of balls that would have been gone in right field at Yankee Stadium and pull aside the powers there too. So I think that's going to tick up once he gets to the big league, surprisingly. Um, and, and I think we're going to see more of a bounce back from the lower batting average as he gets used to how pitchers are going to pitch to him. So I'm excited to see how he bounces back in AAA this year. I'm expecting I'm expecting him to you know make those adjustments, but we'll see. I mean, there's there's a clearly a, a little bit of a book out there on him, um, and, and we'll see how he adjusts to that. He still found a way to be productive despite you know a little bit more frequent weak contact than we were used to seeing in 2021. Cool. Yeah. I mean, what's your prediction a, on Volpe? What's your like on on who he is as a player when it's all said and done to wrap up? That's a good question. Um, I don't. I don't know if there's like a direct comp and like usually I'm just the one to throw out comps, whether like they're spot on or not. But I don't think that there's a direct comp to no. here. I think that he's a, a 270 hitter with 20 homers, 30 stolen bases. Um, I, I, think, I think so. Yeah, I think he's like a, a mid to high 300s OBP. So I, I think he's consistently like either one of the last ones on the all-star team or the first one off the all-star team. Um, and I think that he is the shortstop of the Yankees for the next at least six years, um, probably more. I don't I mean, like it, it's so hard to predict for like a 21 year old, but like I don't think he's a 300 million dollar shortstop in his future. No, no. But I think he could be um, a Dansby Swanson type value guy where he is a one hundred and seventy million dollar shortstop. A hundred percent. And I think being the, a Yankee though, and, and all the intangibles that he brings, I mean, makeup off the charts by all accounts, similar to, to Swanson. Um, you know, I, th- I think he, that's going to kind of put him over the top. I do think that there's a scenario though, where, where he is having a couple seasons here and there where he is like one of the better shortstops in baseball. Um, I think know, there's going to be some volatility there though. Is that for fair? Sure. But yes, because of how home run dependent or at least how lift dependent he is. Yeah. Like it, he's going to need to hit home runs to be productive um, yeah. or extra base hits. And as a fly ball hitter, there's going to be stretches where it's just not happening. You know, there's just, it's just going to happen. Fly ball hitters are streakier. Whereas if you're a Trey Turner, you can put one on the ground and you're going to beat it out when you're slumping. And when you steal two or three hits during a, a, a two for 20 stretch, Five for 20 versus two for 20 can make a big difference, you know, during during those stretches. So like those are the things that I am interested to see how Volpe handles, um, because, you know, it's 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 a very lift heavy approach, but he's going to give you speed. He's going to walk and he's going to play defense well enough to where he's never going to be a hole for you. And that's why I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time. And I'm really excited to see because there really isn't a comp for Volpe in baseball right now at shortstop, which which I love. I absolutely love that. So excited to see what he continues to do. Um, and I think he's going to be a, a really good player for a long time. And a lot of these guys have a chance to break in with the Yankees this year. 
So it should be pretty fun. Um, that'll do it. Oh, sorry. Real quick. I got one question, man. And it, it may be my, my most loaded question of the episode. And then I'll let you say goodbye. And that'll do it for the Yankees and all that. Volpe, Meyer, Lawler, Ellie De La Cruz. Stack them. Volpe, Meyer, Lawler, Ellie De La Cruz. You want me to give away the some some insight on the 2023 top actually, prospects? Actually, sorry. No, you don't have to. I will no. say my personal preference. I actually think Volpe's four. I will say Volpe's at the back of that. And I will okay. say that I am becoming in – I'm in a trance with Marcelo Meyer right now. I'll say that. I've, okay. I've been going through some, some defense. Yeah, I would drinking say the juice that Haim is selling at his, at his lemonade stand. Volpe above Lawler. Wow. All right. That, that oh, wow. There's it. some separation between Meyer and Lawler. I'm excited for this list. It's going to be a fun episode, man. I, we might, we might do the top five position. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about where I, where I missed on having Lawler above Meyer. You gotta be, you gotta be able to admit where you're wrong on, on these things. Right. And, um, but the, the, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say how I was wrong on this. And then Lawler is going to have the best season of all time. And Meyer will be pretty good. And then I'll be like, oh, I should have stuck with my guns. But Correct. I really – I'll give you the whole lowdown. Maybe we'll do a Lawler versus Meyer episode on its own uh, from the things that I've seen from both of them. But I'll actually take over the Photoshop there for the YouTube thumbnail, and I'll, like, crudely put boxing gloves on both those guys and make <laughs> it look like it's a showdown. Legit showdown for two guys that probably are, are, are friendly and, and have no – competitiveness against each other. What's Meyer versus Lawler is the new Andrew Luck versus RG three. Like we're okay. pitting them against each other. And these guys don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, but that's the best part. Uh, two extremely talented players. So keep an eye out. Uh, some, some fun interviews coming forward here. Um, some more top tens as we move forward and I'll be going to the backfields next week. So I'll have some backfield notes as well, as well as some takeaways from spring training as we continue to truck forward here, Jack, that's it from you, right? That's all we got. Yeah, non-Yankee related. My new favorite player ever is 2027 Zach Veen. Oh yeah, we were back all in on the train after a, a couple of good swings in spring training, bro. I never, I never got yeah, off. Yeah, it's the train. true. You never left. I, I still like him. I still like him. But I think, I think you're talking about him like he's a top ten prospect, right? I think so. I think he's. A, <laughs> he's I think he's a top ten player in baseball <laughs> already. Already. Speaking of which, top tens over on the Just Baseball Show. We're doing all the top tens by position. Go check that out. If you could leave a rating on the podcast here on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, really appreciate it. Also subscribe on YouTube to our call up YouTube. That's where we do all of our live breakdowns and put the video version of these podcasts. So check that out as well. As always, thank you for listening. Look forward to talking prospects with you tomorrow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.